Hey folks, it's King from Stay Tuned Sports, and I gotta tell you, I love energy drinks. They help give me that boost that I need to finish all my work, get through game film recaps from all of Sunday's games, and they provide that pick-me-up during a very long week. What I don't love is that crash and the jitters, the gross feeling you get with most other energy drinks. And that's why I tried Dubby, and I gotta tell you, Dubby is a game changer with flavors like Dragonade, Beach and Peach, Galaxy Grenade, and my personal favorite, the Dub Sludge. You can find your favorite or just get them all. There's no jitters, there's no crash because there's no sugar in Dubby. Plus, Dubby contains Neurofactor, an all natural ingredient derived from coffee cherries, which has been linked to enhanced brain function. You go on over to Dubby.gg right now, that's Dubby.gg, to grab the best energy drink you've ever had. And if you enter the code STSPORTS18, in all caps, you'll get 10% off your order. That's STSPORTS18 to get 10% off of Dubby. Be better. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. Um, after the wonderful Thanksgiving break, some good football, uh, minus the Black Friday game. <laughs> um, I, I didn't watch any of that. Um, pretty much whenever the Jets play, I just don't watch them at all, unless it's two real shitty teams like, say, the Patriots versus the Giants. I I lasted about a quarter for that game. Um, hopefully, everybody's Thanksgiving was, was good. Um, hopefully, you gave a lot of thanks, ate a lot of turkey, a lot of stuffing. But um, I know a lot of people weren't happy that Philly won against the Buffalo Bills. First half sucked. Uh, second half, I, I thought it was a lot more entertaining. Um, it was actually to the point where I, I even text a couple of buddies that I, I might go back and, and rewatch the Giants-Patriots game because that game was more in- interesting than the Bills-Eagles first half game. But, uh, you know, Philly pulls it out in the overtime. <clears throat> Jalen Hurts threw the, the team on the, on his, his back and scored the, the game-winning touchdown. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, fans out there. Oh, the refs helped them. The refs helped them. Well, first off, that's been the MO all year for Eagles haters out there that if we lose or or barely win against a good team, oh, the refs helped you. And when we, we lost to the Jets, oh, they're frauds. You know, so... Going into uh, two weeks ago, the whole storyline was these upcoming five, six games 
will you know show what Eagles team this is. Is it the Super Bowl caliber team or is it a, a fraud team? And two weeks ago we beat the Chiefs, not a close game, but again it, it's a, a elite team that we were going up against. You know, we see that a lot with a lot of these NFL teams, the, the elite teams when they go up against each other. And then the Bills. The Bills game, it, it's tough how to judge it because the Bills have been so up and down all year. Um, you know, they fired their, their offense coordinator two weeks ago, and it seemed like the offense has turned around. Still putting up points. So how do we gauge Philly against the, the Bills? You know, um, I mean, on my side of it, a win's a win. No matter if it's ugly, pretty, or indifferent, it's it's still a win. Um, but as far as the refs, and you know what? I, I said this to a couple guys, too. You know, everybody's always, just in general, bitching about the refs. You know, the refs screwed over this team or that team. And... You know, the Pat McAfee show, and I've seen our good buddy King bring up a couple times that the refs won't get better till they, they hire full-time refs. And I, I still just disagree with that. I still think it probably won't be as bad, but it's still going to be bad just because there's, there's so many things that go into a penalty. You know, like... Um, a penalty or a play, I should, I should say. For example, the the AJ Brown incomplete pass that they called in the the Bills game <clears throat> on the broadcast, they said uh, Gene Steratore, I think it was, said that he didn't have that third foot down to make it a, considered a timely move, but he caught the ball high as he's bringing it down. In my eyes. He was still bobbling that ball while he was taking those steps. So I don't even think he had possession. So I always thought you needed to have possession to, and then the steps count, the football acts. Um, and that happened a couple times this year, th- th- those type of, of plays. Not just the Eagles, but, you know, I forget what other uh, game earlier in that day it was, but there was a, a similar one. Um, it might have been like the Chargers. Some no Chargers play. I think Monday night. I forget. Yeah. So I forget what which game it was earlier in the day, but they called that one a fumble. The only thing that I, I agree with with everybody that is coming out say that should be full time refs and this and that. There should be someone up in the booth for every play with the Xbox controller, PlayStation controller, whatever controller you want to use, reviewing these so that way. You know, they could buzz down and say, hey, we got we to pump the brakes here. Let's take another look at this and let's get this right. And not just not just football plays, not like, you know, uh, incomplete passes that may have been a fumble. And um, I think the Jalen Hurts one was another one <clears throat> where uh, there was an incomplete pass, but the crowd thought it was a fumble. Um, it was clearly an incomplete pass. Um, 
that stuff could get cleaned up. And I, I think if, if you clean up half of that, it won't be so bad. But to keep saying, oh, we got to pay these refs, you know, full-time money and blah, 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 and send them in the offseason. I, you know, it will make it better, but I don't, I don't foresee it making it 100% better. And, uh, you know, I, I, I believe some of these uh, refereeing crews, you know, so, so if, they, if they were actually to do that, let's just, just do a hypothetical. If they, do, if they were to do that, would they all, if they went full time and they had to go to seminars in the off season and, you know, um, practicing them, during the season, which, you know, they would go to the, the, the team's practice facilities and, and, you know, training camps and things like that. Would these same refs, crews, would they still be together? I mean, I, I would think you would have to keep the crews together. You couldn't put, you know, Joe and, and Bill in Philly for training camp and then split them up in the regular season. I think there has to be, you know, some type of consistency among the crews, which you gain by working together enough. But that, you know, this this just brings me to my my point right now. Um, nothing's going to change. You know, we could bitch up and down, left and right, about how bad the refs are how they screwed over this team, how they screwed over my fantasy team. But it's not going to change. So we just need to accept it, take it, and move on to the next excuse that we're going to use for why our team's lost or the other team got lucky and won. Other news that um, broke earlier today. Um, Aaron Rodgers' uh, practice window has been open. His 21-day um, activation day has been open. So basically what that means now is the Jets have 21 days to decide if they want to activate Aaron Rodgers to the team, which means he would take a, a spot of the 53-man roster or... If they don't activate him by the, the 21st day, then he goes on year-end IR. I mean, you know, last week it came out um, that he was eyeing around his, his birthday, which is, I believe this, not this weekend, the following weekend, somewhere around there, he was hoping to eye to have a decision if he's going to come back or not. But... The way the the Jets are playing, it it might be just mood point, you know. Maybe that's why they open up this twenty one day window, so they have uh, definitely two. Maybe they could get three games out of it before they can say, you know what, Aaron, we're out of the playoffs. We're looking on to next year. Let's get you healthy the right way. And I still say, I don't care who you put behind that offensive line. They're going to get murdered. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's Jalen Hurts. I don't care who it is. 
the offensive line is not giving the quarterbacks time to to read the defense and get rid of the ball. It's like hike, boom, down. They can't run it. Just everything about that offense is just a no-go. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, you know, you got in a way, you got do your best to not be stubborn. I know you want to prove, you know, all the the naysayers that you're not going to make it back and, you know, it's it's a it's a year-long um, injury and this and that, but you come back early and there's no playoff, you know, you know, no chance at a playoffs. You come back too early and you blow that Achilles again. One, you're not going to be able to do the, you're not going to do the, the same surgery again because obviously it, it's shown that it needs more time to heal. And now you're looking at coming back late next year into the season after you just said to the Jets basically keep the band together for another year and we'll get this right and maybe the Jets have to be the the one to say that Aaron listen we're looking out for your best interest let's shut you down put some of the, the the young guys in there See how they do. Maybe find, try to find some pieces, you know, young pieces for that offensive line. Maybe you'll find a, a diamond in the rough. But the one consistently seen thing in the NFL the past few years is football games are won in the trenches. Offensive line and defensive line. And if you have neither of those, then that side of the ball is going to be terrible. And we see that with the Jets. They have a, a, a good defense, but that defense can't hold teams to zero points. So me, I, I personally think they should shut down Aaron Rodgers, maybe ride with Zach Wilson the rest of the year, and, and see if they could somehow turn him around get some confidence back himself even though he's been benched i think last week he was the number three quarterback so he was basically the emergency quarterback um and you know go from there that way you got aaron Rodgers at the beginning of of, of otas maybe even if, if he's this far ahead in his um, recovery, his rehab, then there should be no reason why they that he can't show up for the OTAs and start that team building process back up again. So another thing that uh, I want to kind of talk about is I touched on college football a little bit last week. Or uh, two weeks ago. You know, this past week we had Michigan versus Ohio State. Michigan pulling out the win. Some Ohio State fans calling for Ryan Day's firing because he can't beat Michigan and this and that. As much as I don't like Ryan Day, and yes, he can't win the big one, and, and 
you know, the, the obviously the the rivalry. I I don't think you you should fire him. I mean, he's he's got a winning record, you know, and it, it's hard to find a good coach to to have a big school like that and have winning records. I mean, uh, Brian Kelly, his first year at LSU was pretty terrible. This year, a little bit better. You know, so we'll see what happens to them next year. But um, And before the game was on, there were some people saying that if Ohio State loses a close game, because uh, Ohio State was... I believe they were three and Michigan was two. If Ohio State loses close, they should still be in the top four. No. If, if you lose, if you're the lower-ranked team and you lose, you should at least a minimum drop by three, no matter what the score is. Minimum. Now, if it's a blowout, you get blown out, then you should drop a lot more. And... They did. They're not in the top four no more. You got Georgia, Washington, uh, Michigan, and Florida State, I believe, snuck in there. <clears throat> now, this, this coming weekend is, uh, I believe, all the championship games. So this is going to be a big weekend. And I'm rooting for Georgia because they're playing Alabama. But how crazy will the rankings look? If Alabama pulls up the upset, I mean, Alabama is eight. And if Georgia loses to them, I know King would sit across me like, no, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. But maybe you got to drop them out of the top four. You you lost to a an eighth ranked team where Ohio State lost to a number two team and got knocked out of top four. And a really messed up part about all this is all these teams minus uh, I, I, maybe Washington. I, I, I'm trying to remember who Washington all played, but they really haven't played anybody. And the, pro, the other thing, too, with, um, say, for like Oregon. At the beginning of the year, they had LSU or, uh, yeah, I think, they, I think they played LSU and beat them. Um, Colorado, who at the time when they played them was ranked. I believe they played Utah, who at the time was ranked. And those two teams, Colorado and Utah, aren't ranked no more. So it's 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 hard. I to, I think you should hold hold the the strength of the schedule to a point but not fully when it comes to your decisions. I think they should, you know, be able to look at at the the schedule from the, the you know, from the whole year and be like, okay, you know, they beat this team, you know, Utah who's been consistent the past couple of years 50 to, to 20. That's a good win. Compared to say Oregon beating 
you know, Alabama South Central. Like, there shouldn't be much weight into that win. But this weekend is definitely going to gonna be an interesting weekend for college football. Because then Sunday is the uh, college playoff reveal show. I believe Pat McAfee is going to be on there. I think he announced that today. So that's going to be interesting because he's very opinionated when it comes to these rankings and, and, and stuff like that. If you watch his show. Um... But finally, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll talk about before uh, I get going here is, in fact, the Philadelphia Eagles 49ers game this weekend. A lot of people are saying this is the NFC Championship preview. Obviously, it's the rematch. Debo Samuel is still butthurt over last year's game. All because their quarterbacks couldn't stay healthy. As much as you want to say, oh, Hassan Rick is, is dirty or whatever. It was a clean hit. God block him. You know, you saw that with uh, TJ Watt last weekend against the Bengals. T- the tight end was supposed to chip him, never even touched him. I think this is going to be a totally different game than it was in the championship game, obviously, because... You don't have Christian McCaffrey trying to be your quarterback. Philly is pretty banged up. Uh, Lane Johnson said he's he's going to play. But we're also questionable with Fletcher Cox, which is a big thing. Um, and a couple other players for us. So, you know, definitely going to need players to step up. Um it doesn't sound like Philly players are talking too much other than acknowledging that San Fran's chirping a lot. You know, Debo Samuel saying Bradbury is, is trash. Um, the only one that was really chirping back was Hassan Raddick, basically saying there was a lot of boohooing going on last year. But I think this game, I think it's going to, you know, the, the two-and-a-half-point uh, spread... I think that's about right. I think it's going to be about three to five point difference. And I'm okay with Philly being the underdog. Um, just because if you listen to all the excuses, you know, Philly's the frauds, Philly gets helped by the refs, this and that. And this is something else. Everybody talking on the internet, you know, Philly's the fraud and the, the, the refs helped, helped them. That's not how Vegas decides these spreads, you know. So people thinking, oh, that's you know disrespectful to to Philly for being the underdog when they got the the better record. That's just how the betting's going, and I will be amazed if Philly blows out San Fran. If Philly wins. By 10 plus points, I will be surprised. And if they do, whoo boy. I know, you know, me and King's friendship ha- have has been um, pushed to test over the years for when it comes to sports, but he may not want to be my friend no more. <laughs> for all the years 
that, that he started doing his power rankings and kind of holding us down a little bit lower than where I think we should have been. But um, but I, I, th- I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a messy game. Uh, it's supposed to be raining again, 40, you know, 40 degrees, which I, I believe falls in our favor because if we get that running game going like we did in the second half against the Bills and control the clock and, and just be smart out there, I think we could, uh, I think we could pull it out. But with that said, I'll still be putting money on, on the Niners <laughs> just because I figure, well, reverse psychology. <laughs> But I think that's going to be it for today. Make sure you guys head over to staytunesports.net. All of our social media accounts are on the right-hand side there. Working on some behind-the-scenes stuff uh, going into next year. So hopefully 2024 will be a a, a more exciting year than it was this year and in years past. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.